Um, been a weird couple weeks. God, there's been a lot going on, a lot of strange things. Let's read Psalm 62 together. Psalm 62. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. For only he is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My God rests, on God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty God, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Seems like we live in shaky times. It's funny how you can be going one day and everything's great, and then feeling the sh so shaken, so slippery. It's been a weird couple weeks. We've lost servants of God. We've had injuries in the body. If you didn't hear on Saturday, my mom slipped on some ice and broke her wrist in two places. Sarah Winchell fell and broke her wrist. So I have a mother-in-law and a mother, both with different arms broken. So pray for me, because what are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, God is good. Did you know he holds all things in his hand? Did you know all power belongs to our God? Did you know that steadfast love belongs to him? It belongs to him. He is love. I was thinking about the Israelites, and they've come out of slavery. You know, the Lord called his people. He called Abraham. He called a heritage of people who would know him, who would carry his name, who would walk in the knowledge of who he is, but also in the relationship of actually knowing him and walking with him. And those people, the descendants of Abraham, they went for 400 years into hard slavery. They were enslaved by the nation of Egypt. The greatest power in the world at that time had taken them over. They had no hope of being delivered. But God in his goodness heard their cries. He remembered his covenant. He remembered all of his promises to their forefathers. And he came and he delivered them powerfully out of the hand of the Egyptians. And the way he did that was big and scary and violent. It was not something to be trifled with. There was no question that this God is the God who has all power. There is no question that this God who, to whom belongs steadfast love would remember his promises and would deliver his people. And still Pharaoh hearing about this God and seeing his power and seeing these great triumphs of the things that God was doing still hardened his heart 
and would not let the Israelite people go. And so the final plague came, and the final plague was the most horrible of them all. And in this plague, an angel of death came, departed to come amongst all the people, and took the firstborn of every person, of every livestock, the horror of it. But God saved his people because steadfast love belongs to him. And so remembering his promises, he told the people, I want you to eat a special meal. This is going to be called the Passover meal because when this happens, I will pass over you and no harm will come to your families. And there was a mark that he used to do that. Do you remember what it was? He took the lamb and they sacrificed the lamb. And when they sacrificed that lamb, they took the lamb and they put the blood on the doorposts of their homes. And that was the sign that the angel of death would pass over them and would protect them. Could you imagine sitting in your house, hearing terrible things, the horror of it all? You've already seen things happening all around you. It's been scary. It's been big. And now God is passing over your house because he sees the blood on the doorpost. Well, the people of Israel leave. They depart from there. They start wandering in the, in the desert. God delivers them by having them cross the Red Sea, even though, even though Egypt is pursuing them. God delivers them mightily. The sea crashes in on the Egyptians. God utterly wipes out the Egyptians. And so in this one moment of time, the greatest world power in history at this moment has lost their footing because they tried to trifle with the God to whom belongs all power. They leave there. They wander in the desert. The people sin. Even having seen the power of God and the deliverance that he did, the people still sin. And so a whole generation wanders in the wilderness. And after 40 years, when that generation has gone, the children have risen up, and God appoints a new leader after Moses named Joseph, or excuse me, named Joshua. And Joshua takes the people across the Jordan and now into the promised land that God had given them. And they go across the river, and the first place they come to is a town called Jericho. And Jericho is big and has big walls, six feet thick walls of rock. It's impenetrable. This fortress, this city, is a city that cannot be passed by. It cannot be taken. It is impossible. And so God tells Joshua, send some spies. And so the spies go into the land, and they sneak into Jericho to see what's happening there. And they find an inn kind of place. And uh, in this part of the world, most of the inns had a lot of prostitution and things. And they find a prostitute named Rahab. And they start to find out what's going on. But the king is alerted in this, in this city that there are spies in his land. And so he sends his soldiers to go find those spies. And so they come to Rahab and they say, Rahab, hide us. And she says, follow me. And she takes them upstairs into the roof area in between where the ceiling is and the roof. And she's got flax up there and, and wheat kind of stalks that she's stored up. And so she hides them amongst all of the rafters of the roof and even in the roof itself. Like think of a thatched roof and hiding in the thatch. And so these spies are up there and here come the soldiers and they say, Rahab. Where are the two men? We know they're here. And she says, I've seen no men. They did come. You're right. But these men, they came and they inquired about all kinds of things. And then as the night was coming and the gates were going to be shut for the, of the city, they ran out. And I don't know where they've gone. If you go now, you'll find them. And so for three days on this ruse, the soldiers depart looking for the spies. Rahab comes upstairs and she finds them in that first night. And she says, the soldiers have gone. They've gone to look for you in that side. If you go to the hills, you'll be safe. 
Now, she lives inside this six-foot-thick wall of Jericho. Her apartment, or inn, is built into the wall. And so there's a window there, and she lets down this cord, and she says, you can climb through the window, climb down to safety, go to the hills, wait three days, and if you wait there, you'll be safe. But I've heard of you. We've all heard about the God who dealt so strongly with the Egyptians. We know that your God is the God who holds all power in his hand. We know that your God is the God who controls everything because he is the creator. We know that your God is the God who is true to his word. We know that your God is the God that will surely deliver you and will deliver us into your hands. So when you return, please save me. Promise me by your God that you will spare me, my mother, my father, my household, my brothers and sisters, that we can be safe. So the spies say, we promise. They go down the cord, but as they're hanging there on the rope, they say, leave this scarlet cord in the window so that when we come back, the Lord might pass over you. They climb down and they leave. And here comes Joshua and the army and they come to this impenetrable fortress, this impossible place, Jericho. And God says to them, march around the city. March around the city. What a weird command. So for six days, they march one time around the city. And then on the seventh day, God says, march seven times. And this time, have the priests blow a trumpet, and everyone shout, and I will deliver the city into your hand. They're already terrified. So the city is shut up completely. They march around. The seventh day now, they march seven times. And as the people are marching around, they see this funny cord hanging from the window of one place on the wall, this one scarlet cord. It's Rahab and her family. Could you imagine for a moment what it must have felt like for her to be in this place, waiting for God to do something? The people that you've heard have destroyed the greatest power on earth they don't look that powerful. They don't look that special. And now for seven days, all they've done, not one arrow flung, not one stone thrown, for seven days they've marched around. And at this point, your dad, who you brought into your house, and you said, you have to come here. Please, it will save your life if you just stay with me. Stay here by this cord, and we will be safe. And at this point, your family's like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? They're just walking around. And now on the seventh day, the trumpet blasts, the people shout, and the foundations of your home that's built into the greatest wall, the greatest fortress in this time in history, begins to shake from its very depths. And cracks begin to form. And the word of God says that as the people shouted, the spirit of God fights for them and the walls fall down as flat. And Rahab and her family live in the wall. And so everywhere around them, the whole foundation of their security in life is crumbling. But they're standing, clinging on to a scarlet cord that they might be passed over. And God in his mercy passes over them so that everywhere else the fall of the wall is tremendous. Everywhere else it falls flat on the other people to whom don't look to God. 
And then the people come rushing in and they totally sack and take this town. And the two spies are sent by Joshua to come find Rahab and her family and bring her out into safety. And she watches this town, this city where she's lived, burned to nothing. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. But God in his wisdom, God in his power, God in his steadfast love had given a revelation to this woman who out of nowhere somehow knows about him, somehow knows about his promises. And the incredible truth is that this woman would then become in the great hall of faith, this woman who by her faith looked to the spies and saved them, but also trusted God that he would pass over her. And so much so trusted God that now as an Israelite, as one brought in to the people, she becomes a forefather or ancestor of King David, an ancestor then in the line even of Jesus where the Savior would come from her, this one who's outside of the people. She's not an Israelite. She's someone foreign. But God in his wisdom and in his grace has pulled this woman in through revelation and also by a demonstration of his power that though everything was shaking around her, he passed over her. And God in his grace for us would send her ancestor, Jesus Christ who would become our Passover lamb. He is the scarlet thread to which we hold. That we don't just stand in an upper room looking at this thing and hoping and holding on to it and looking at those around us with with tears in our eyes, trusting that maybe God will do something. Instead, we can see that God sent his own son to be the Passover lamb for us. That though we were due the justice and the wrath of God to come down on us for all of our sin. God sent his own son that by his blood we would be marked instead that God would pass over us, that we wouldn't be subject to his wrath anymore, but that we would be made new creations in Christ by believing in him and placed into him so that now when God sees us, he doesn't see a foreigner or an outsider. He doesn't see those who are huddled in a room hoping that the blood on the doorpost was enough. He doesn't see people who are standing by the window looking at the cord trusting that maybe they see it, I hope they see it. But instead, he sees Christ in us, the Savior who died for us, the one who rose again to life, the one whose blood was enough, the one who saves us. He is our stability. He is our rock. He is our salvation. He is our everything. We don't have to trust and hope that that maybe God won't let all these foundations crumble around us because he is our foundation. He is our life. Today, when it seems like everything is shaking, he only is our rock and our salvation, our fortress, better than Jericho, and we shall not be greatly shaken. What do we do when it seems like everything has gone bad? We cling to Jesus. Don't hold on to a scarlet thread. Don't just look to a doorpost. Come to Jesus. Hold to him the risen king, the God who's over everything. Trust him that his blood is enough. Trust him that he's the same God who created the world, who dealt with the Egyptians, who saved his people, who saved Rahab. He's the same God who holds all power in his hands, and he's the same God to whom belongs steadfast love. If I can have the worship team come back up, we're just going to take some time and worship now. We're going to trust the Lord together. If you've been holding on to a cord, if you've been trying to look to a doorpost to see Maybe God will pass over me. If you feel shaken by your foundation, if you feel like everything around you is shaky or weird, come to Jesus. He's the way, the truth, the life. He is our rock. He is our salvation. He's our fortress and will not be greatly shaken. How do you do that?
come to him and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. Lord, in all things, I bow before you. Lord, let me know the power of your grace because steadfast love belongs to you. Power is in your hands. And so I look to you, my champion. And if you pray that and you look to him, the Lord will respond and you will find his peace. Amen? Let's all stand together and worship.